We have got to be teaching girls from a super, super, super young age that we are not responsible for other people's feelings. We can motivate people, we can inspire people, but our feelings come from our thoughts. Welcome to The Confident Podcast with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. Season five brings us more conversations with fierce female leaders. We'll be tackling a range of career readiness and leadership topics, ranging from defining your career purpose to leveraging your superpowers, and exploring key questions like, is it okay to cry in the boardroom? Episode 10, Audacious Living with Sarah Kenny. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Hi. Hey, How are you, Bay? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm still reveling in the glow from the day of the girl. Can we talk about what you did? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, So in my world, the day of the girl is such an important day, but then I go out into the the real world and people are like, (laughs) what's the day of the girl? (laughs) But it's such an important day. It's October 11th every day. The UN established it to provide a global platform for advocacy and action to focus on addressing the unique challenges that girls face and also promoting gender parity. And yesterday we had many different things going on, but one of them was an event with the Carla Harris Shiro, powerful role model. Um, she is SVP at Morgan Stanley, but also written best-selling author of four books on leadership, her her last lead to win. And oh my God, Liv, I've never ever seen, witnessed that energy in my lifetime. Oh, like God. she's like mind-blowing, incredible, okay. extraordinary. That's <sighs> that's amazing. That sounds so rewarding and fulfilling. And you know, sometimes like the daily drag of life and what's going on in the world really does get you down. But I think that it's moments like that when you take back, take a step back and really appreciate how far we have come and the successful women that are surrounded ourselves in our lives. So that's amazing. Especially you. I was going to say, the only thing that would have made it better was if I were there, right? I know, I know, I know. But I'll be seeing you soon when I come to visit you. Yes, very excited excited about that. But before I get to come visit you, we need to get into our next interview. So let's do it. Sarah Kenny is a best-selling author, speaker, and leadership coach dedicated to empowering women and girls to unleash their potential for the global good. She holds an MA in gender studies, is an International Coach Federation professional certified coach, and has over 15 years of experience training women leaders. Her new book, Lead Like a Queen, A Young Woman's Guide to Audacious Living, is required reading for the next generation of young women who are eager to make their mark on the world. Welcome to Confidence, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm just so excited to be here. Uh, we have so much to discuss, Sarah, but the first is, okay, when you get that notification that you are a best-selling author, <laughs> how do you respond? Um, you take a lot of screenshots. Yes, yes. Screenshots and, and screaming. Like, yes, yeah, screenshots, you know, texting. Um, no, it, it, you know, it's interesting. It actually took about a week to like fully kind of 
settle in. And then it was like, oh, I updated my LinkedIn profile. You know, and they, suddenly I'm like, oh, I can use this word in my, you know, right, in my bio. Right. So it's been a bit of a slow process, but yes, just, um, well, and I think for me, it was just pure validation that this subject and this topic matters. Um, and I've been wanting to say this for a long time and do this for a long time. And it was like, no, people actually want to hear this and need this. So that was, yeah, very validating in that moment. Oh my gosh. I think it matters now more than ever. I think, you know, coming out of the pandemic with the mental health crisis amongst young girls, um, also I think with the recent disheartening SCOTUS ruling and Mm -hmm. affirmative action, the step back that that's going to put on women and girls of color. So I, yeah, it matters now more than ever, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's let's take a step back, start the interview. <laughs> um, our first question we always start with, and if we don't, some some listener would call us out on it. Um, tell us something that Google doesn't know about you. So I laughed so hard when I saw this because my first thought was hopefully a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like I hope there's a lot that Google doesn't know. Um, but no, it, it reminds me of that, you know, the icebreaker that people do, which is like, what is like the least interesting thing about you, right? It's like, what do I like never publicize or tell right. anybody? <laughs> um, and that's probably that I wear a mouth guard at night. I grab my teeth. <laughs> I love that. You know what? And I think that you should like make your dent and and social media not being a highlight highlight reel. And I think you should post a photo yeah. of your mouth guard to your social like, media. Like literally at night in bed, my husband, like I'm like earplugs, he snores, I'm like earplugs, mouth guard. It's a whole look. It's a vibe, oh, you goodness. know, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that um we should let Google know about that because then we can <laughs> make a dent in this whole perfect culture. And so jumping right into it, um, can you tell us more about the inspiration behind your book, Lead Like a Queen, and, you know, what motivated you to write it and what do you hope young women such as myself will take away from it? Yeah, so essentially what I, you know, I've been coaching girls now for close to five years. I do a lot of executive coaching um, kind of as women are going through the leadership pipeline and um I found my, literally find myself on repeat, like over and over again of like explaining, you know, about perfectionism and about people pleasing. And finally just got to the point where I'm like, I should probably put this in a book because I'm, I'm educating girls about this literally in every single session that I'm doing. Um, And honestly, for me, it was, it was all of the stuff that I wish I'd known sooner. Um, you know, my going through, you know, as soon as I went through my coach training program, the reason I started working with girls was my first thought was like, why did nobody tell me this? <laughs> why didn't I know this stuff? Why didn't I know this before I started my first job? Um, and so for me, really, it is about kind of, um, yeah, starting the, the focusing on the leadership pipeline just much earlier, because a lot of where I see some of these issues coming up in the workplace for older female executives start when girls are 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, so that was kind of the motivation for the book. But I do want to take it just a brief second to talk about why the word queen. Um, there actually is a really cool explanation behind this. So um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about it, but if you're familiar with archetypes, so, um, you know, psychological archetypes, right? We have the queen being one of them. Um, and 
all of the archetypes really like they're part of these cultural narratives have we recognize them in all of the stories and you know movies and shows that we watch and the queen um i became really interested in a few years ago the coach that i was working with actually had a background in kind of doing a lot of jungian psychology and 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 archetype work and what i realized is the work that i've done on myself and my own leadership journey actually kind of checks all the boxes of the queen archetype. And so really what that comes down to is um, a woman who is like completely sovereign, right? And sovereign doesn't really roll off, like roll off the tongue. So I didn't go with that for my book title, but, but really someone who is completely autonomous, self-determined and stands for something, right? When you're a sovereign nation, you usually stand for something. And so um, for me, part of, you know, the mission that I'm on is like, how do I encourage more women to really step into those, those traits that are part of the queen archetype? And I talk about that a lot in the introduction. So they're all of those traits are listed out. Yeah, no, I love, thank you for sharing that because um, like when I, read the title I'm like we have a funny phrase in our family like yes queen so like I that love that you just our family thing just <laughs> so you know <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's not like, the, it's not the West family doesn't own that love <laughs> no but no but seriously like thank I love how you're essentially reclaiming and educating on that queen archetype and and I, I love what that stands for and I think you're right I mean I have been doing this work now for 10 years um, and I'm just continually, you know, disheartened when I go in with groups of girls and do roundtables and have conversations about just, you know, the data is real. I mean, so many of our girls and young women just lack confidence. I mean, there's a stat like 46% don't think they're smart enough for their dream career. Like what, who says that? You know, one third don't think they're enough. Um, so I love that you just, you know, put it all out there in your queen book. And it now can be a playbook, a guidebook for girls and young women to boost their, their confidence. Um, I love that. And I also love in your book, you discuss audacious living. I just love the term even. Um, so can you just talk a little bit more about what that means to you and how you feel it can empower young women to embrace leadership in their lives? Yeah. So I, I, audacious was a, a very specific word choice. <laughs> right? like the, I actually, the, 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 it took me a long time to come up with the title. So <laughs> that was very, very intentional, but right. And you know, audacious, when you think about it, right, it means bold, it means daring, it means courageous. But when I think of audacious, I think that also means um, like you're willing to push the envelope, you're willing to ruffle feathers, like you're willing to, to, shake things up. Um, and what I love, I mean, the type of work that I am so passionate about is like, how do we, how do we elevate girls who are already incredibly brilliant and have so many beautiful gifts to offer the world? And how do we ignite them to where they are on a mission, taking a stand, using their voice. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but like, I don't like the global state of affairs. Like, I think there is a lot that needs fixing in this world. And I think women and girls are a huge part of that equation. And so for me, like, and I do talk a lot and I'll talk about it today, but in the book about specifically about people pleasing. And I think audacious means being willing to 
be unco- be okay with making other people uncomfortable with your opinions, with your views, with your values. Um, so that to me means being audacious. Um, so, so I can say with a certainty, Olivia, that you are audacious. <laughs> yes. You do I can, fine. I, mean, I learned from the best. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like, I love that. I, I love how you laid that out, um, Sarah, because I've always felt that equipping young girls with advocacy skills, um, no matter what the cause is, right? But it's giving them those skills to speak up and realize the power within them, the power of their voice to affect change. Um, I think if you equip girls with that skill, um, they become unstoppable. And I, I see this, honestly, Liv, I'm joking, but I see this in you and I'm so darn proud. But um, <laughs> but I don't know, Liv, if you want to talk about your audacious living and how, you know, what, what, how were you able to find that voice to speak up and affect change? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, firstly, you said it took you a while to come up with that title, but I do think it is perfect. I love, <laughs> I love those two words that stick out really are queen and audacious. Right. And I think those are perfect and exactly what young women such as myself need. Um, as to how I live audaciously, like honestly, I, I can't, I mean, this might sound like cheesy or something, but I really do have to give credit to my mom and to Live Girl. I mean, I think from such a young age, I was taught that I need to use my voice and I need to, you know, speak out on issues that I care about um, and everything that you were talking about, Sarah. So, I mean, like, like, thanks, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just so our listeners know, just so so our listeners know, I pay her a dollar every time she gets credit. Um, (laughs) I know that's (laughs) This is the secret allowance type. <laughs> no, but it, it is really, it is so true. And I hope that like everyone who has taken part in any live girl, like, you know, any part of the live girl community can say the same thing because that is also what we are trying to teach through yeah. our programming. I was just going to bring it back to your book. Um, enough about live girl. <laughs> and, uh, ask if you could share some key principles or advice from your book that can help young women bring build this confidence and these leadership skills, particularly in this world, as you said, that is constantly changing and evolving and that we might not be entirely happy with. Yeah. So there's two that I really want to focus on. And so the book, you know, I cover, you know, the seven chapters we go through perfectionism, people pleasing body image. I mean, they're Oh my goodness, there is so much to unpack there. Um, but based on what you were just saying, and then as I like interrupted you because I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to answer this. Um, is so one of the things that I caught, I think, is causing our generation of girls, and just teens in general, like this is not specific to girls, a massive amount of anxiety is what I call like passion pressure. Like mm-hmm you have to be super passionate about this thing. And then that's going to determine where you go to college. And then that's going to like determine your career. And there's only one path and it has to be the right path. And you, and if you screw it up when you're 14 then the rest of your life is going to be terrible. Right. And it's like just this crippling level of pressure. And so the reframe I give in the book for girls too, and especially, you know, cause I, I hear this from parents all the time. Like she doesn't really know what she's interested in. She doesn't know what she's passionate about. But what gives us meaning is being on a mission. Like, I really do believe when you have a mission, 
that brings meaning and purpose to your life. And that's what leads to fulfillment. It doesn't matter the job title. It doesn't matter the role, right? We're so focused on, okay, I want to become VP, but it's like, what is this thing that you care about, right? And so for me, like my, I have been, I mean, the number of industries I've been in, even before becoming a coach, all of them have like the only thread that ties any of those together is the fact that I've always been really interested in women and girls rights advocacy. Like I started my career in DC. Um, and so I just, I think part of, so I call it focusing on like cause-based living rather than like a career path. How can we be cause-based? And then it actually doesn't really matter. Is like, is this showing up in how you're volunteering? Is this showing up in how you're raising your children, how you're leading your family, how you're showing up in your community? Um, and I think, but where the power really comes from, the confidence really comes from is caring about something so much, whether it's, you know, like the homeless population, whether it's animal shelters, whether it's, it, it doesn't matter, but having that thing that you care so much about will ignite you and make you want to create change. And so that's one. So for all girls, I'm like, Find your cause, does not matter what it is, right? And we do this through experimentation, whether it's volunteering, you know, I for me, it wasn't until, um, you know, when I started taking women's studies classes in college, it like broke open my universe. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to get my master's in. Like, so all that to say is I think finding your cause and having that be really kind of like what drives you is really important as a leader. And then the second thing that I could be on my soapbox about all day is, um, is people pleasing. And we have got to be teaching girls from a super, super, super young age that we are not responsible for other people's feelings. We can motivate people, we can inspire people, but our feelings come from our thoughts. And you can never, ever, ever control the other thoughts that people are having, the perceptions that they have, and so much of what I think gets in the way of girls even sharing their opinion, um, speaking up for themselves is like, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, I, it's this like nice girl complex, which we are all socialized into. And I think it's one of the number one things that are keeping us from actually like play, getting our needs met, right, taking up space. Um, and it's just this, you know, it's like I coach girls who are afraid that they're hurting their coach's feelings when they miss a practice. They're, you know, they don't want to ask their teacher a question because that's going to hurt their teacher's feelings. And it's like, oh my gosh, time out. Like we have got to nip this in the bud. I think both of those things are so important. And when you said passion pressure, I think that, that I felt that, right? I mean, the amount of times people will ask me, oh, like, wh what are you going to, I mean, I'm a junior now in college, so I, I do need to be getting there, but they'll be like, oh, what are you going to do once you graduate? And I just be like, uh, I don't know. And I know so many people who think that they have to have known what they wanted to do and what, you know, their career will be and what their passion is since a very young age. And that's just not how it should be. So I think that that is just so important to me. And I, I love the way you're focusing on that. I, I just want to add in, um, I love what you said, Sarah. And I think this is so important for young women like Olivia to, you learn, you'll learn your, your cause through experimenting. Right. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the most important thing is just get out there and discover, 
Um, and, and, you know, I think it's also noticing what lights you up. Right. And obviously I'm fortunate that I have a very purpose-driven career as founder and CEO of Live Girl, but I can notice throughout my day, because there's many different aspects of my job. I can notice throughout the day that there's a difference in what lights me up. Right. No, totally. (laughs) Um, So like just yesterday I was having kind of an average day with my responsibilities. And then I had a meeting with these two brilliant teachers. Their names are Serene Williams and Kristen Kelly. They're high school history teachers from the, the great state of California. And they are leading an effort to petition the AP board to add an AP women's history class. Because as we know, currently only about 3% of our US history text relates to women. So, and I'm like, when I think about my day yesterday, that is what lit me up, right? And that's what I remember from yesterday. So I think it's mm. it's being present and noticing what lights you up to guide you forward. Yeah. And in the book, so I actually, I call that following the flicker, mm. right? So I literally like that. a flicker, <laughs> like what are those things? Like I look back, I'm like, oh, I'm really drawn to this type of movie. I really like this type of story. I really, and all of it, it's like, yeah, I discovered Ani DeFranco in eighth grade. I immediately became a feminine, right? Like all of those little things, the flickers along the way. And then Olivia, just to go back to one thing you said too is, um, I mean, I think that's like one of the worst questions adults can be asking kids yeah, is yeah. what do you want to be? I do too. The, other, the question is like, who do you want to be? Like, to, who who do you want to be when you graduate? Doesn't matter yeah. what you're doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. So just remind yourself of that over and over. Because <laughs> the amount of times you will get hammered with that question is it speaks to our kind of cultural mm-hmm. insensitivity about like the way that we're raising kids to think about their careers and their yeah their their futures. Yeah, I love that question so much. Um, And then one more question before we move into our speed round. But um, so we have to talk about mentorship and role models. So crucial for girls and young women. Can you just talk about who has mentored you and your advice to young women who are looking to cultivate those relationships? Yes. So, I mean, both of these things, hugely important. I have, you know, um, I can think of a handful of people um, who have played a major role in my, not only like my career trajectory, but also kind of my, um, you know, my, my business and building up my, my coaching practice and coaches who have mentored me. And I mean, I think if anything, just having the insight of someone who's just even a few years ahead of you, um, doesn't necessarily mean like all of their advice will be applicable, but it's also a reminder of like other people have been there we've all had these struggles, right? That in and of itself can be super validating. Um, So whether, and, and, you know, mentorship is interesting because, um, right, it's like, sometimes that can be a tricky process because it's not super formal. And then like, so, so there's actually, you know, I actually do some executive coaching for a company that is really kind of create training, creating a lot of structure around mentorship. But what I would say is um, kind of start with like, who are leaders you admire? Like, what do you admire about them? What are the traits that they embody? You know, how do they show up, whether that's when they're presenting or in a room? Um, and whether you know that person personally or not, or not, I mean, so many of my role models are celebrities, right? Like, I'm like, what would Michelle Obama do in this situation? <laughs> you know, like, how would she respond? Um, you know, some of my favorite, um, you know, some of my favorite authors, like Elizabeth Gilbert, um, 
you know, Glennon Doyle, I follow, yeah, like, it's like, those are people where I, when I'm feeling really stuck and really kind of like, I don't know what to do. If I don't have an immediate sounding board, which like I do because I have a coach, and I have a therapist and like I surround myself with self-help. But if you don't, um, really just even having a few people in your back pocket when you are struggling that you can say, gosh, how would she react in this situation? And of course, when I think of Michelle Obama, I'm like, she would take the high road. She would be incredibly graceful, but she would also be like extremely direct. And I'm like, okay, like, how can I, how can I step into that? Um, no, I think, I think, and, and again, whether it's like a formal mentorship, but even doing programs, right? Like you're programming, um, I, you know, I don't know what you're being offered through your college, but if those resources are available to you, taking advantage of them, um, they're game changing. Yeah, that is very good advice. And that's something that, you know, it at, like at my college, there are like women's networks and things like that. So it's a great way to tap into resources and find mentors. If I don't immediately find one in a professor or another faculty member, that is a great way to do so. So that is very good advice. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And, and moving into our closing speed round, we like to ask you a couple fun questions just for our audience to get to know you better. Um, and the first one is, what's one gender stereotype that you want to smash? Uh, that women are better at housework than men. Yes. Can we please stop lying about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, they might be better, but that doesn't mean they should be doing more. <laughs> and they're only better because the husbands are learning how to do it. Because <laughs> oh, my God. That is the worst when they act like helpless. Like It's weaponizing competence. <laughs> oh, okay that's okay that's the that's the intellectuals look yes okay there you go Liv. Is that, yeah. okay that's that's good that's a good term weaponizing competence <laughs> um Sarah who is inspiring you right now Carrie Washington mm-hmm. are y'all paying attention to what she's up to mm-hmm. uh her new memoir, the podcast tour that she's on I mean talk about a role model just elegant, eloquent, you know, sharing so much about mental health. Like, yeah, I am just like obsessed with everything that she's up to Mm. right now. Even her book cover is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's incredible. And finally, what are you obsessed with right now? My puppy. Uh, And because it's also fall. So I live in Texas where um, it literally turned fall like three days ago. Like we've had the hottest summer on record and she is just covered in leaves. She has the zoomies. She, it's like, all I want to do is just watch her experience the joy of like the seasons changing. <laughs> so Oh, we, I could watch her we, all day. You're going you're gonna to make Liv cry because she's... I know. I was going to say I'm in Paris so right now and away I'm from her puppy. puppy and Northeast Falls. So. Um, we, oh. we love talking puppies and Lucy also oh. loves, like, if you throw up the handful of leaves, she, yeah. like, she dances with the leaves. It's the best thing yeah. ever. My pup has, like, a big... Sh- she's a... T- she's a mutt. She's just... We got her from a shelter in San Antonio and she has this crazy schnauzer beard. Like, she is, like, this... She's the scruffiest thing you've ever seen. So, she literally... It's either dripping with water or there's, like, twigs and leaves. Like, you can Like, I have to, like, comb her face every time she walks in the house because she's just covered. She's a mess. They're the best. They're the best sure. mental the wellness there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hands down. Well, Sarah, I... There's... 
you're just a wealth of information. Yes. Thank you for this conversation. The book Lead Like a Queen, A Young Woman's Guide to Audacious Living. I agree. It's a live set it up front, but it's required reading for the young women in our community. We'll put in the show notes where you can get it. Um, but congratulations again on becoming a best-selling author and all that you're doing to help equip um, girls and young women with the confidence they need to thrive. So it's just amazing. And it was such an honor to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation.